Welcome to the latest episode of the Brush Builders Union podcast. I'm your host and general president of the Brush Builders Union, Simon Berman. And this month, I am speaking to Andy Hobday, the man behind many of your favorite skirmish games out there these days. I believe co-owner of Footsore Miniatures. Is that correct? That is. And uh, the man behind the upcoming Baron's War Kickstarter. So, Andy, how are you doing? I'm very good, thanks. And thank you for having me on, Simon. Yeah, it's been great. You know, I talked to you about uh, Test of Honor a couple years ago, I think, uh, back when I was doing Plan of Attack. Uh, but it's great That's to speak cool. to you again. And you've, you've been dumped to so many exciting things since. I think we've got lots to talk about. I, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, so, you know, why don't, for our, uh, our listeners who may not be familiar with you, you know, a little bit about yourself and uh, what you're up to these days? Yeah, yeah. Uh, as you say, I'm the co-owner of uh, Futsal Miniatures, uh, which uh, is now based predominantly in the UK. It uh, grew out of uh, Musketeer Miniatures, which was set up by Bill Thornhill. And uh, for the last... Uh, six or eight months bill has gone on hiatus to learn digital sculpting so uh myself and my partner mark are, are really focusing on 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 the business and taking that forwards ourselves uh-huh. uh, this year we've released mortal gods uh, which was released back in march uh, we have gangs of rome as well is another game that we do and i've also uh as you said uh, help uh, develop test of honor was one of the games i did with Gra- uh, graham davy which has just come out again uh, through graham's company which is uh, great for now miniatures so that's really what my focus has been uh great uh obviously samurai are a big love uh sure I-, I love the dark ages this is why i got really involved with football miniatures in the first place and i also have a uh, a real taste for my men in chainmail so uh, <laughs> I, I, I like I like a bit of night action. So uh, that's the current focus. And that's the Baron's War. It is indeed, yeah. Right on. Yeah, I know. So uh, I, I really want to talk about because I know I know the Baron's War has been kind of a passion project of yours for quite a long time. As a as a gaming product, what is the Baron's War? Initially, uh, as in it's it's currently nothing at the moment uh, out in in the. <laughs> public domain but uh, shortly on the 15th of september we're gonna do a short run kickstarter uh and i say we it's uh, a project which is myself and the sculptor paul hicks who is a good friend of mine baron's war was a project i really wanted to do a couple of years ago with footsore miniatures and we did start it with paul but uh we got sidetracked by gangs of rome and then there was always something else that uh that came along and uh, a couple of months ago, I, I spoke to Mark, my partner, and I said, look, you know, I, let me do the Baron's War. As you say, it's a real passion of mine. And he said, yeah, 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 we can we can get to do the Baron's War, but it'll probably be around 2021 with all the other things that we've got lined up. Sure. And, and at that point, I got dead petulant about it, and I put my bottom lip out, and I said, right, right, I'm going to do it myself. And uh, <laughs> and off I went, and I I, I spoke uh, spoke to Paul. And I said, "Look, Paul, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna fund this. Let's let's get this on." And uh, I'm really just in this initial Kickstarter was really about seeing if there's a, a a desire for you know knights in the 13th century, which I which I believe there is. So I think so uh, too. So so that's really what it's about. I mean, I've set it the Baron's War. It, the, my love of the Baron's War came from a a game which was released when I was a teenager, so quite a few years ago now, and uh, called Cry Havoc. Have you ever heard of it? No, I'm not familiar with that one. It, well, it's a, it's a, one of these old hex-based games with uh, counters, and uh, it was... Again, oh, so sort that, of Avalon Hill style. 
Absolutely, yeah. And uh, it was it was done by a chap called Gary Chalk. If you ever heard of Gary Chalk, and, yeah, that name rings a bell. And uh, it, it was it really uh, caught my imagination, you know. And it was very it, it was very much a proper skirmish game where each each of your knights had many tiles. You could you had him on a horse, you flipped him, and he was wounded on a horse, or you could dismount, or and then you had him on foot and wounded and then dead. And it 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 took all all it was set in the Barons Wars. It was set in in that period, and that's when I first encountered it. And uh, I'll be honest, at the time I didn't realise that's what it was, uh, and had a lot of fun, a lot of fun playing that. And funny enough, we're still playing it now. I've got a copy on my desk. Going forwards, I, I started to read, and as you do, about different subjects, and I disappeared down a rabbit hole and uh, discovered this chap called uh, William Marshall. There we go, I nearly forgot his name. That would have been really, really funny. And <laughs> uh, he, he was like the perfect knight. And the more and more I read about William Marshall, and it was around the time of uh, King John and the Magna Carta and, and the Barons' Wars were the... the uh, really, the first Barons' War was uh, half of the Barons rebelling against uh, King John and and his the power that he had, and uh, it, it just just got more and more into that, and, and it, it, all of a sudden it got quite boxing and quite exciting, and and that's that's how I got here, and and I just I, I got to the point where I just want to play a game, and I want to have William Marshall on the table, and and some of the other barons that are around in that period. And and this is where we are. This is the start of it. That's great. So the Kickstarter is going to be for a line of uh, 13th century medieval knights, essentially, correct? That's correct, yeah. So they uh, it's about the same time as Richard the Lionheart as well. Uh, you know, in fact, William Marshall nearly killed Richard the Lionheart in a joust, which, again, not not, not a lot of people know. And, so actually, uh, let, me, let, me, let me back you up for just a second, as I think... Yeah. Um, we we Americans are educated well we're educated very poorly in general but we're educated very poorly about British history so we maybe get a little bit of background from you and you know what what is yeah. the, what was the Barons War and you know I, I know it came out of Magna Carta but you know maybe what do you yeah. explain like what is Magna Carta exactly because you know we we have the Constitution over here so we don't we don't mess with that it was it was very sim- very similar to that what happened was uh, King uh, the Crown at the time and King John who was you know was an awful ruler he was uh, taking the money and he was doing whatever he wanted. And got actually, to the he's, point, he's kind got, of the, the Robin Hood king, right? Absolutely. He is the Robin Hood king, exactly that. So Richard is is off at, uh, at the Crusades, etc. So his brother, John, is is, is managing uh, the, you know, the, the country in his steed. He, he got to the point where his, you know, his kingship was so bad that the barons just revolted against it. And they invited uh, the French to, to uh, join with them. And and uh, and invaded and and to start with, King John just was very brutal, and he, you know, we have the siege of Rochester, and where where it was, just, it, it's just appalling uh, the way that he treated these people. Because even when they asked for quarter, and and more and more the, the the knights rose up against him. What what happened was they they when he lost, they made him sign the Magna Carta, and what the Magna Carta was, it was a uh, a law for him to abide by where he still, you know, the barons could veto some of the things that he wanted to do. So he right. he was he was left in this position. And these these were, you know, uh, you know, these were the the, the, the barons were, were, were you know the the, the top in the, in the layman's terms, the top guys of the at the time. Right, so, they're landholders and stuff, right? Massive landholders, absolutely. So they uh, so they. Uh, uh, they they made him sign this, and he he uh, he then changed his mind, and uh, it all kicked off. 
And, oh, he, so uh, he, he, he kind of reneged on the deal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He, he still put his seal to it and then he just totally reneged on the deal. So they had no choice. Well, it's good to be king, I guess. But uh, how did that work out for him? Uh, unfortunately, well, he, to start with, it worked out quite well. But then uh, he, you know, he started losing how it ended in the end. It started 1215 to 1217. How it ended, he died uh, during the period. And, uh, you know, his son came in, William Marshall became the regent. Uh, a lot of the barons then, they didn't have a beef with Henry. It was all obviously with John. So they kind right. of changed sides and they came back. And even though the French had invaded, they had the uh, Battle of Lincoln, Battle of Lincoln Castle, and uh, where where uh, uh, William Marshall led led the charge. And he was nearly 70 at the time. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, there's, there's, there's this great story of uh, when they were fighting. Because obviously they, they gave quarter to knights so they could be ransomed back. And they uh, they accidentally killed the Comte de Perch, who was who was leading the defence of Lincoln. Someone put their, in their sword through his through his visor by mistake, <laughs> and they were by mistake. All, by mistake. They 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 killed him by mistake, so they were all really like quite upset by it. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and at that point, uh, you know, they they began to they began to win, and the French fell back, and you know, the 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 end of the siege of Dover, and uh, and Marshall drove the French out. So, uh, and, that, and that's how the, the First Barons War ended. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I've always found that period fascinating. I think, you know, I think our modern ideas of what chivalry are are so far removed mm. from the actual realities, right? Because I mean, most of it was about, you know, really just not being necessarily being a good person, but so much as, you know, making sure you don't kill the other knights because you're going to get money for them. Totally, totally. But Marshall was, they, they, they were saying that uh, uh, not long after he died, his son had like his autobiography written you know, in the 13th century. So yeah. there, there's a lot of information about Martian. And, you know, you can also say that his family wrote the book and they're obviously going to put him in a good light. Sure. He served five kings, five different kings. And uh, he was, he was you know, held up among his peers. So, you know, they, they say he was the perfect knight. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that's quite the run back then, right? Yes. Cool. So you're you're sort of envisioning the Kickstarter is going to launch a line of the of these characters and these their their footmen and so forth to reenact to recreate battles in the period in what twenty eight millimeter thirty two millimeter. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, you know back in those in those times uh, there was lots of smaller skirmishes. So it will be in twenty eight mil. Uh, and the siege of Rochester, the defenders there were only fifty four people defending the castle. So oh wow, you know you could quite easily play that out as a as a, quite a great. skirmish game. Yeah. 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 So, so we're going to come out with uh, initially some generic knights. There'll be foot knights, mounted knights. There's uh, bowmen, there's spearmen. Uh, obviously, we'll include William Marshall. He's got to be in there. Uh, and then we'll we'll do some more characters if it as it if it's successful as stretch goals. Yeah, that's very cool. So, do you, do you see the the line sort of exp expanding over that whole period? Because you know it, it seems like it's it's fairly it's several decades of time, isn't it? Well, I tell you what, you know, the, I, because I'm funding it. Obviously, I need to be cautious you know if, if sure. money was if money was no object i would run it i would uh, i've got a set of rules i've been working on and i've been writing so if this if this is successful obviously i will complete that because it shows me that there's a a real desire for for skirmish games in this period but I'll, i will write it in a way that we could go back as far as the uh, probably the first crusades and have the whole anarchy uh, which is like the first real uh, yeah. civil war between That's Stephen great. and Matilda. And we'd have all of that in there. You'd get the Baron's War in there. There's the first and then there's the second Baron's War. And I'd 
I'd love it to be able to work all the way up to the Bruce. So sure, you know, get get some you know thirteen twenty, get Robert the Bruce in there. You'd cover the what do you call it as well, the Crusades, so you could get the Crusades in. Yeah. So it would it would quite easily cover all of that period, I think, from all all of that where they're wearing mail before they start adding plate. Right. So, uh, uh, which is which is what I'd love to do. Yeah, I'm actually really excited because I when I first heard you talking about it, I sort of realized that there's actually kind of a gap in. Um, the miniatures ranges out there for the period which is kind of strange i mean mm. there's lots of knights in in mail and plate and stuff um for mm. fantasy oriented games but there actually isn't a lot of like good quality sculpts for you know 13th century high medieval period absolutely and uh the beauty is you know i've got paul i'm working with paul wicks who i'm sure most people know is just a wonderful sculptor and because we're what has he done great, uh paul hicks sculpts for lots of people out there so he, he sculpts a lot for Empress. He does a lot of American War of Independence. He, uh, he sculpts a lot of our stuff. He's done a lot of, he did all our Norman range. At uh, Footsore? At Footsore, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah those Normans so, are beautiful. Yeah, so he's, uh, he's quite a well-known sculptor. So uh, if, for, for historical periods, if that's, if that's your bent. Sure. So, uh, so having him on board is great. And because we're, we're making skirmish figures, we can get lots of character into them, which... Uh, which again is is quite different to what what is normal because most most of the time people for historical gaming they want their miniatures to rank up, so right. you know so we can we can do something different. Uh, and you you sort of mentioned you you might see um, expanding it. So in in the Kickstarter, what, what is it launching with? Uh, we we get a launch with ten packs. So uh, I've what I've done is I funded up uh, the first set of sculpts. It's about forty figures. So they will they will go and out out they go and hopefully what the the whole idea of the Kickstarter is so I can actually fund to have them uh, produced. So I've had them sculpted, I've had the masters done, and even though you know I, I co-own Footsore, we only have uh, so much money a year to do projects. Of course, and obviously we we've we've spent up this year because we've got Mythic and Mortal Gods, and next year we got some stuff in place so the idea is that i'm trying to raise the money that i can pay to have them produced so this this you know footsaw is all about uh, this this sorry this kickstarter is all about having those miniatures produced and so uh what what are those miniatures initially going to be that you can get through the kickstarter okay for initially we're gonna we have two it, we, how it's going to work is we you you'll pledge uh a value of money to how many packs you want to buy so we're going to come out come out the gate with 10 different packs. So there'll be two packs of foot knights, two packs of spearmen, two packs of bowmen, uh, a pack of mounted uh, knights. There'll be three packs of like warrior monks, and uh, which, which is the 10 packs. But we've also got a couple of uh, leader, let's call them, I don't want to call them warlords, but to, like uh, heroes. Leaders, heroes with banners. So that that is what we're going to start with. So it's quite it's quite comprehensive. It's about forty miniatures all in all. That's a great start to a range, yeah. That's the idea. And then hopefully, you know, uh, what we, I'm not going to do any exclusive miniatures. I'm not a big fan personally of exclusive miniatures. What we're going to mm. do is if if we start and we hit some stretch goals, what we will do is we will add uh, some character models in to people who have pledged a certain amount. So definitely, if you've gone and bought one of every pack. You know, you'll get each of the the character miniatures for free. Oh, that's very cool. And so, you know, you mentioned William Marshall. What are some other characters we might see in this Kickstarter? We have uh, the Baron Fitzwilliam. He's the leader 
of the uh, of the rebels and and the army of God is as he as he is self styled marshal of the army of God as he as he was. Uh, so we have him. We have Hugh de Burr, who was the he he was the the Baron who was in charge of Dover Castle. He was on the side of the king. He was besieged by the French, and what he did was he he held them off for the whole two years that he was oh, wow. there. So we'll have him. Uh, obviously, William Marshall. We've we've got William Marshall on foot with his banner, and it would be rude not to do William Marshall on horse. And then True. we've got a then we've got a couple of other sneaky things that. We'd like to keep uh, quiet, but one of them sure. is pretty, pretty awesome. That sounds rad. So, you know, so actually here's a question for you. So if, if let's say I, I, I back this Kickstarter and I get all of these figures um, and I'm looking for like references for painting, do you, do you have yep. any recommendations for like where, where to go to look for like paint schemes and, you know, just oh, generally like. It, it is just, if you go first, first Baron War, if you go the Magna Carta, if you just enter Magna Carta in Google, it will come, come up with the shields of all the knights that actually signed it oh that's awesome so so this in during this period as well uh the great helm was just coming in so uh the surcoats sometimes had the crest on but uh-huh. not really not not a lot they were usually a single color uh because the the, the face helmets was quite were quite open so they could still be identified but the barons would have obviously on their shields they would have their coat of arms uh, and then, and because of the period as well, it was as the as the different coats of arms was beginning to be introduced. So all the patterns, luckily, are quite simple because because they haven't right. been courted because they haven't been courted or intermarried yet. So yeah, sure. You know, so you know, it's usually a gold, a gold, you know, a gold shield with a a red cross on, or you know, a rampant lion or something like that. So it's all yeah, it's big, all big bold heraldry. Standards. Totally, and yeah, uh, because it's cool. still early days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's always all... the best on the tabletop too. Oh, agreed. Totally agree, and it's and it's all readily available. You can find it all online. Yeah, there's good decal makers and transfers <laughs> and stuff out there, aren't there? There are, and and but I've also had uh, ten sets of different barons decals made and banners, oh. which we'll we'll put in the in the back. Uh, that's super cool. Yeah, you got me excited now. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got we've got all the major players in there. We've had all their decals made. Uh, so you know, so what what is kind of the the basic pledge level for the Kickstarter? Uh, we've only got three pledges pledge levels. Uh, there's the one pound pledge, which is the idea is you'll go in, pledge a pound, and then you'd say, right, okay, this is how many packs I want to buy, and each of the packs are seven pounds. So if you want five, you just pledge thirty five pounds. If sure. you want all of them, you can pledge seventy pounds. And then when it when it ends, you just go and pick whichever ten packs you want. If you want all of them, just pick all ten. Or right, you you'll be doing that through a pledge manager, I assume. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. There's a pledge manager in the back, so that's that's the basic one. And what and what I really wanted it to do was that people could just go and pick and choose what they wanted. And then the second one is we have a limited amount all in resin. So we've made we made all the masters in resin. So we have a resin mold for. For each of the each of the sculpts. So what I've agreed is that we'll have thirty pulls out of the master molds, and that'll be it. That'll be enough to kill them. And uh, we will offer, you know, thirty sets of of everything in resin. Uh huh. So and that, that that's one pledge level. And then Paul has uh, kindly offered to sculpt two figures. So the final pledge level is you get everything we have in we've done in metal, plus. Paul will sculpt a knight however you want it. Oh, wow. So, uh, so there'll or, be two or, of those. 
just two of those. So yeah. uh, he can be on foot, he can be on horse, it could be you leading your retinue <laughs> if you want. It could be, it could be anything you want. Yeah. Uh, we just thought it'd be a nice touch to actually, you know, be able to put yourself into the game. Yeah, that's that's very cool. I'm sure you're going to sell those immediately. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think so too. That's great. And uh, you know, I think this 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 podcast should be coming out about the time it's launching, but just so everybody knows, what what is the official launch date? Uh, it's going to be 15th of September, which is a Sunday, and it will launch at 5 p.m. Uh, British Summer Time. I think you're eight hours behind us, aren't you? Uh, in Seattle, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and five hours on the West Coast, East Coast. How long is it going to run? Uh, just two weeks. It'll finish on the 29th. Because it's, it's you know, it's pretty clear what, what we're trying to do, I think, mm-hmm. uh, which is just fund this. So, uh, fingers crossed, people people get behind it. And and yeah. like you say, you know, they're being, being uh, high medieval knights, you can use them for so many things. You could paint them as crusaders if you wanted to. It's the same period they were crusading at the time. You could put them into fantasy if you really wanted to. You know, you could use them as old-style Bretonian knights if you, if you wanted sure. to as well. Yeah, no, they're, so, they're, it's a very versatile period. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so, so you're you're going to wrap up two weeks after it starts, roughly. And yep. uh, when do you expect to fulfill? Because we have all the masters done already. Footsaw are going to do all the manufacturing, as I say. So obviously, they've we, we've got some... Uh, some experience of doing that. We're hoping to have everything shipped by December. Wow, that's uh, that's very impressive. That'd be great. Well, that's, you know, why, there's no reason why we shouldn't, unless it goes absolutely bonkers, conkers. Sure. And then, then maybe January, but we'd like to get it all out before the end of the year. That's amazing. So, you know, so you mentioned, you know, that you were thinking about maybe some rules and stuff for us. So, you know, how, how do you see the game being played? And, you know, what's, what's your kind of plan for that in the future if the Kickstarter goes well? Well, I, I think uh, what we would do is we would... Uh, take the the core of the skirmish that we've done for mortal gods which grew out of test of honor and uh, we would move it on a bit further so we would it would kind of look and look and feel and play the same kind of way as that so 15 20 figures aside you can you can play bigger if you want to but at 15 or 20 figures your game will be over in an hour and an hour and a half that's about the sweet uh, spot for those rules yeah it is, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it is hero based. You know, you have your heroes and your characters leading, and they have their companions with them, and it's a very narrative type game. Very cool. So, you know, so you see, maybe doing a rule book for that next year or something, maybe some peripherals. I'm, I'm, I tell you what, if this, if this funds and it and well, and we get good feedback, I, I will quite happily write some rules for it because <laughs> I, want, I want some. I really want some myself, you know. Yeah. I, I feel as passionate about this period as I do about Samurai. So, you know, it, I just, it, this really is, I'm doing this Kickstarter to just, just get that affirmation that other people want it as much as I do. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just I just need you to show me that that's what we need, guys, and and, and, I, and I'll, I'm off. I, th- I think you're going to get there. Yeah, fingers crossed. So, uh, you know, I, think, I, think, I have a few more questions about the Baron's War, but, you know, uh, let's talk maybe a little about these other games you mentioned that have, that you know, their their core mechanics mm. may find their way into the Baron's War game uh, if and when that comes out next year. So, you know, you've done, you've worked on Test of Honor, Mortal Gods, yeah. Gangs of Rome. I played, I think I played everything except Mortal Gods at this point, but um, yeah, I've been okay. very impressed with the rule sets and games you you, you and your uh, colleagues have been making. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's it's, it's I'm, I'm, I think you guys have found a really great niche with historical skirmish because you know not everybody wants to play the big dry rank and file historical games that sort of dominate that portion of the miniatures industry. And I found that Mortal Gods, uh, not Mortal Gods, I just haven't played that one, but Test of Honor, 
uh, mm. Gangs of Rome. They, they fit this great sort of niche of, you know, that you use the historical miniatures and you get to really play in the historical period. And if you want to if you want to do button counting and, you know, figure out your colors and everything and make it as accurate as possible, that's that's open to you without having to get involved in those really big, complex rule sets. And, you know, your games play very fast. They tend to play very cinematically. And I've, I found them, you know, Test of Honor in particular is is one of my favorite mm. games of the last few years. So, you know, so what, what, what is kind of your your overall, like, I guess, design goal for that kind of game? Yeah, it's very kind of what you said. It's, uh, and I think you, it's nice to hear that you understand what we're trying to do with it. It is very much, I want people to come and enjoy the game. I, I, it is cinematic, you know, which we could do very, very easily with Test of Honor because it's, you know, you have all of those uh, Kurosawa type movies. With, with Mortal Gods, it, it was more the other side, really. I, I have a real uh, interest in, in iconic warrior types so you know your your mailed knight your samurai warrior your hoplite you know they they're all easily identifiable i think through time but i never really wanted to paint 100 200 300 greek hoplites. Sure. you know uh and where the way they fought was very uh you know in this phalanx it was very i, I hate to use this word it's a bit boring for me where they'd march across the side, uh, you know, like a tank. They'd have a pushing match, and then one side would break, and the other side would run them down. And when I when I see a lot a lot of uh, historical games played for that period, that's what you see. Yeah, you know, and that and that's how they truly thought for. And and I'm not, you know, it's very interesting that that because it was a dominant uh, strategy in that period. It was very However, effective, what, clearly. Absolutely, very effective, and. But for me, I didn't. I didn't. I wanted to, to play some games with some Greek hoplites, but I didn't want to play a game like that or paint up a hundred odd Greek hoplites. I just don't have the the will or the desire to do it. But I right. really you, did you want wanted to, to paint them. You wanted to play yeah. three hundred, not a historical documentary. Spot on. You know, uh, with, without the leather pants though. <laughs> Less leather pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, you know, with Mortal Gods, what it does is it's kind of like a, a gateway to that period. So, you you know, you can paint 15, 20 uh, Greek hoplites up. You've got a great little skirmish force there. You can paint some peltas and some slingers and a few bowmen, you know, one or two horsemen, and you've got a force, you know, and, that, and that's uh, quite easy to do. Uh, and it gives you a taste for it. You can go out and you play and and... We based uh, Mortal Gods on this this uh, this term that they have, which is called a a, a locos, which is means ambushes. So mm-hmm. they would be ambushes for ambush forces that would go out and do little missions. You know, maybe foraging, going to capture, uh, you know, an enemy character, reconnaissance, you know, that kind of yeah. reconnaissance type of stuff. You know, the edge of the army type of things, and uh, and and that's how it's based. It's based around that. So, you know the. Your, your leader is your Lokagos. He He's still like, uh, having played Test of Honor, as you have, you know, he, he kind of plays that way. He has more actions. You he's know, sort of your samurai hero in Test of Honor. Absolutely, yeah. And he has some companions with him, but you can have more in uh, Mortal Gods. Is You know, you have more options for, for characters to take and, and your companions. So it, it, your, your composition, your force is very similar. But it's it's uh, you know same same but different really. So if you if you've played Test of Honor, it would be uh, it would look very similar to you. You'd you'd 
you'd feel comfortable because it, we still have the the draw, you know, like the action draw and that kind of thing. But the the combat mechanic is different, where the dice are different. They're obviously wearing armor, and they would they would use their armor more in combat. Sure. So that that's had to be taken in uh, into account. They can actively defend by yeah, shields are a big part fight. of it, I imagine. Totally, yeah. So you can actively defend, and you you get more defense dice, or you can try and take it on your armor. So so that that's that's very different, uh, you know, and and. The way the way that it plays out, there's there's some similarities, but but there's a lot of difference. And and you know, the more you play, the more you, the more you can see that. But I, I won't lie. I mean, it started uh, life as test of courage, you know, and we were just going to port test of honor straight into into Greece and and have it the same. But we found that it just doesn't it didn't work the same way, mm-hmm. you know. So you know, you you even though we don't have a massive phalanx, you know, you you, you still need to have small groups of your troops forming up into into a larger group which you can't do in test of honor you know uh we we changed the points as well all the points have changed so there's a bigger spread because there's a lot of uh, uh, a lot more variety across the troop types so that's kind of all changed as well so uh i think it's kind of forked away from from what test of honor is but just due to the period and then it gave us another another uh opportunity and chance to uh revisit the rules and 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 change them really change them to to fit where it was yeah that makes total sense yeah so one of the things you kind of mentioned was you've got uh mythic coming out from mortal gods which i admit i'm very excited about uh you want to tell us a little bit about that yeah yeah uh as soon as as soon as we released mortal gods people were asking for the creatures i i would be one of them i'm I'm a real sucker for all those ray harry house and you know medusa and and skeleton yeah. skeletons, of course. Um, totally. So the, the, the chance to finally play those in a twenty-eight millimeter miniatures game is is really got me going. Yeah, well, it's exactly that. What we've done is we uh, we partnered with a very very good sculptor, and uh, she spent the last six months sculpting a number of different uh, creatures and monsters for us. So we do have a Hydra made. We have a Cyclops, we have Medusa, we have both her sisters, we have Centaurs, we have Harpies, and we're now just going back and we're starting to fill in some of the other small, I'd say smaller creatures, but not so, you know, like Cerberus, and we're going to have a Minotaur. And the way that it will work is it will just be a supplemental add-on to Mortal Gods. So you, if you and I were wanted to play a game, I could turn up with my normal greek mortal gods locos you know mm-hmm. my spartan locos for instance and you could turn up with your locos of hera uh war band which would be led by a priest of hera and you could have you know uh, medusa in there with some hounds and and cerberus and we could just fight it out yeah that sounds you know? amazing and we've we've balanced it out so there's different factions with different creatures we base the creatures to sit under the uh, the two main adversaries in the in the pantheon of the gods which was obviously zeus and hera and they all kind of align the the monsters align under one of those and depending on if you you can take all of monsters of zeus uh and they will they'll interact in a certain way or you can mix the monsters up but if you you mix them up from different pantheons then then different things happen uh 
So, so that's how it's going to work for the monsters. But also, uh, if you're going to have the monsters, you have to have the heroes. Of so, course. So we have Jason. We have the Argonauts. We're going to have, obviously, Perseus. We'll have Pegasus. We'll have Heracles. So they're all they're all going to come as well. That's great. So they'll have sculpts and rules and, and all that stuff. Totally. Yep, yep. They're all done. Jason's done. The Argonauts are done. And 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 the style of the, going back to what you said earlier about Harryhausen, we haven't made copies of uh, of the great man's work himself, but it's in that style. Yeah, I get because it. I, you know, because, you know, it's what I used to watch as a kid. Sure. It's what the guys used to watch when we were younger. So it has to have that feel because I think it has to, when people think of Greek mythos, they do think of Harryhausen. It's funny just how iconic Clash of the Titans has become. The original one, not that sort of dreadful remake a few years back, but the original, it's just so beautiful, right? And I think I think it has so much appeal to miniatures gamers because, you know, Harryhausen, as, as an FX guy, he was working essentially with miniatures, right? And it's it just translates so well. Um, and the, the aesthetic's already there. And it, it's just, it's everything you're looking for in a fantastic miniatures game. And the chance oh, totally to finally get to play those, it's, it's so exciting. Totally agree. And, and obviously we, we've got a, uh, <clears throat> an army of Hades, which is where we're a priest of Hades and he can raise skeletons and, and the way that we've written the, the skeletons play very differently. They, they play in such a way that when you're facing them, they seem relentless, you know, just like the film. You know? Sure. So, so uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, people like it. Oh, um, that's, that's so appealing to me. <laughs> we took it. We took it uh, a few weeks ago for a, like a public play test, and and everybody who played it just thought it it put uh, mortal gods on steroids. So it's uh, <laughs> a got, great way to say lo- it. Yeah, we got loads of good feedback from it. So uh, fingers crossed, people are going to like it. No, that's that's awesome. You know, I, I'm going to have trouble deciding if my winter product project is going to be. Uh, mythic or uh or baron's war i've got to make some hard choices i think after the new year i mean the answer is both just which is going to come first i think absolutely yeah yeah. um so do do you do you have any like seeing like narrative campaign play in there for like you know if you wanted to play you know the iliad essentially with jason and the argonauts could you do that there's there's not in there but it's there's plenty of scope to do that so how how we uh envisage taking all this forwards is that we it, it becomes more of like a, a living game, mm-hmm. so we will release campaign uh, uh, campaign supplements. We will release scenarios. We will continue to build on what we have. So the w- the way that it works is it depends on uh, the factions that you have fighting. So if you have Jason and he is fighting mythical creatures, he he gets like a mythic bonus because he's he's obviously a hero. So sure. Within the rules, it, it, you know, if he was, if he was, uh, well, the other way, if you had some creatures and they were fighting a non-heroic hero like a Locos, uh, Lokagos, uh, he wouldn't get the same bonuses as Jason because he 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 hasn't got that mythical ability. So by taking just mythic uh, forces, you, it's going to start to create that idea of a campaign and and uh, narrative scenarios as you play. No, that makes that makes total sense. That's very very cool. So you know, you've been doing all stuff with Mortal Gods. How's Gangs of Rome doing? That's been out a couple of years now, hasn't it? It is. Yeah, it's still still doing well. Uh, I think we need to give it a bit more love. If I'm being honest, we have a we have four or five releases ready to come out for it, but it uh, it's just just <laughs> getting around to releasing them. Yeah, uh, we do it so much we, at a time. It, absolutely, we've got a campaign book which is mostly written as well. Oh, cool. 
So uh, we'd love to get that out. That that provides downtime between between the scenarios. So there's an event table, there's uh, an injury table which you can you can roll up on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, there's there's rules for nighttime fighting. There's rules for vigils. There's rules for uh, having your dominus on the table. You know, so there's there's loads of extra stuff that we just we just want to bring out in the book, that which I think great. will which will really take gangs around forwards. No, I, I really like the game. I've only played a little bit of it. Um, it's like I only have time for so many games, but uh, the, the feel of it's great. You know, I, I think anybody who's watched HBO's Rome is going to be uh, very pleased with that game as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, one of the, one of the, one of the, we, we have these sets that are called Rome's Most Wanted, and we've released mm-hmm. two at the moment. And uh, the next one to come out is actually a set of veterans. So oh, yeah. uh, if, if you've watched Rome, you'll, you'll get it straight away. There, there might be a pair of interesting people in there. <laughs> <laughs> there might well be. <laughs> I, I was I was very pleased to see your uh, your orator miniature uh, yes. earlier this year. He cracked me up just like the the order in Rome, although probably in a way that doesn't infringe copyright. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. He's, <laughs> he's 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 uh he's one of poor Hicks's sculpts as well. Yeah, he's he's that guy's got so much character. He, he look, it looks just like that actor too, which um I think he also played Baron Harkonnen in the uh, sci-fi Dune miniseries. He did, yeah, he yeah. Did. I really like that guy. He's he's like one of my favorite like <laughs> unknown British character actors. <laughs> that's that's very cool. Um, so you know you've got that. You've got Mortal Gods going on. Um, what what else is in the works? Are you? Yeah, we. Uh, well, the other thing that we're we're currently working on is uh, something that is just so obvious that uh, we should have done it earlier. You know, Footsaw Miniatures is a Dark Age company, and we don't have any Dark Age rules. We have lots and lots of Dark Age miniatures, but we don't have a Dark Age skirmish game. Oh, so, that is big uh, news. So that's that's going to be the, our first big release for next year. Very cool. I'm I'm excited to see that because you know I, I think you guys kind of got your start making miniatures that kind of fit into that like people were using them for Saga a lot, right? Because your your footsore miniatures mm. didn't have a game attached to them, so people would just buy them because they needed you know some Dark Age Irish, right? Or um, yeah, 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 absolutely. Bill, Bill's like Welsh. Totally, Bill's a big fan of Saga, and that's I think he started to just make. I mean, the first the first range he did was a, a Caliphate's range, and he uh, just sculpted up an entire Caliphate's army for Warhammer uh, historical. So uh, that's what that's what he did it for. And then as he got into Saga, he started sculpting up uh, different figures for Saga. And both Mark and I are big Saga players, which uh, which is great. But at the end of the day. You know, we'd really like to do our own rule set. Yeah, and it's not like you're lacking experience in that at this point. No, I think we could have a good punt at it. No, I, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really interested to see what you do with those, and that'll be that's gonna be great for everybody. I think. Do you? Do you, you know? I don't want to make you give away too many secrets. Mm. Do you see it going kind of growing in from the same you know tree or from the same roots that uh, that Test of Honor kind of planted? Yes. Yes. Totally. Uh, there's some core bits of Test of Honor that I'm really passionate about i like the idea of uh the way it plays with a draw so that both players are involved all the time mm-hmm. and uh you know i think uh even if we changed everything else that would still be part of the game uh because it's it's quite a key key element for me and i like i like sorry i like the idea of having uh where you got three guys on a base as well three or four guys on a base mm-hmm. as companions because then you can build a little diorama up as well as you're playing. Sure. So, and for people who are listening who may not have actually played Test of Honor yet, um, mm. can you tell us a little bit about that core draw mechanic that you like so much? 
Yeah, of course. What what we do is uh, all all your different warriors. Every all your your if it's a group or they're individuals, uh, they all have so many actions that they can do per round. So depending on uh, what it says on their on their stat line, you put that number of uh, action tokens in. We use pebbles. So for most normal warrior gr- group or singles, they have one, and most of your your heroes have more than one. So it can be. Uh, two for a for a hero and three for your leader. So the the subtle difference as well is your warriors, uh, your companions, which are your, your normal chaps, their actions, action pebbles or action markers will be one color, and your heroes will be another color. And both you and your opponents put the same, use the same colors. So they will all go into a bag. You shake the bag up and you take turns to draw. So. Say we had black for hero and white for companions. I draw a pebble out. If it's a black one, I have to activate one of my heroes. So mm-hmm. it's my turn, but I I don't get a choice of what I do in that instance. It's either if I draw a black, I activate my heroes. If I draw a white, I activate my companions. And that's and that's how it plays. But also in the bag, there's also three. Uh, pebbles of, of a different color and in the uh for mortal gods they're red they go in and every time you draw a red one out an event happens and in and in mortal gods it's an omen so you take an omen card and and the gods have taken interest in your battle but why that why they're in there is when you draw the third whoever draws the third red event token or omen token is in mortal gods the round ends so what happens there is you may not get to activate your entire force. So you have to make decisions on what you're moving uh, as you're playing because you don't know if you're actually going to get all the way through. Right. I find it made for such such dynamic gameplay too, right? I, I think one thing you didn't mention is that, you know, if you if you draw a token for a type of troop that you can't you've activated all of your guys, it goes to your opponent yeah. and they get to go twice, right? So they there's do, a lot absolutely, of yes. <laughs> there's, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of nail biting in that game, especially as the round starts to go on. Totally. And, and the reason we did that is uh, having the two colors is it makes you balance your force. So you could go, there's, you know, you could go very heavy one, one type, you know, black or white pebbles. But once you've run out, you're right, you have to hand them to your opponent. So it, it kind of encourages to balance your force out. And also you can you can make your opponent use their activations as well. Right. So so uh, by attacking them or by doing certain things, you know, but in Mortal Gods, they can choose not to do it. So they have to take a test. So that's another a bit different from Test of Honor. Interesting. But but uh, you can you can use up your opponent's activations ready for to put the Coupe de Gras in, you know. So it's quite tactical, the way that it works. Yeah, I, I love it. Like, like I said, Test of Honor has been one of my favorite games of the last few years to come out. And in large part, because I find that the, the gameplay really is so, so dynamic. And I keep saying that, but there really isn't a better word for it. You know, there's there's very little waiting around in the game for your opponent to you know play his turn while you do nothing. You're you're always involved. You're always engaged. Totally engaged. Yeah. Always, and you, you never yeah. you never really you can never totally predict how the round is going to go or even how long it's going to go. And it's it's just totally. it's so much fun. Thank you. So yeah. Presumably, we'll be seeing and more of that in your Dark Age game. Totally. And, uh, totally yeah. Mortal, totally. Mortal Gods plays the same way. You know, I think any game that I I uh, I work on it, I, I'd be very keen to to have it play out that way. Yeah, it's 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 really really engaging, really fun. So you know, we should probably start wrapping up here. But I want I 
talking about your passion for the Barons War, mm. is there a particular like engagement in that that was like the key of everything that you were like this this is the battle I want to see on the on the tabletop in twenty eight millimeters um, that I'm going to make a range of miniatures for and launch a Kickstarter like a crazy person. Uh, I, I would like to do what is it, Siege of Rochester or the Siege of uh, Lincoln Castle, either of those. Yeah, uh, are, are very exciting because with the if you think about it, this period, you know, with the knights, with the with the, the siege of Lincoln Castle, uh, with William Marshall was the Baron of uh, of Winchester, a guy called uh, Peter de Roche, and he, even though he was a bishop, sorry, the Bishop of uh, Winchester, uh, Peter de Roche, he was also a complete nutcase. So go on, you know, you know, he he's there with his mitre on top of his helmet and all of that, and uh, <laughs> and and you know, giving the given the rights, but then he's he's in charge of all the crossbowmen, you know, as they, as they attack the castle and he's leading the Interesting. crossbowmen. Interesting. <laughs> you know, and it's like, wow, these guys, you know, the, the, you think about the Archbishop of Canterbury now or or the Bishop of Winchester, you just, you can't, it's not the same uh, <laughs> yeah. same thoughts in your head. You think of these old, old grey old men, but, you know, these guys actually went in and they fought, you know, serious, serious business. But but also it's that, it's that fighting through the streets, you know, the cavalry charge, down through the streets and all of that, I, I find it very evocative. So I, I think I think uh, either of those two would be would be really good. Those those are the iconic moments in the period for you. Uh, for me, for me, yeah, absolutely. But you know, there's plenty, plenty going on. You know, plenty going on. No, I think it's I think it's a really rich period to to um, explore. I I can't wait to do it. So uh, I'm going to let you go, Andy, but it has been great talking to you. And uh, you have mentioned about five things that I'm going to want to have you back on here to talk about uh, when they come out. <laughs> So I'm sure we'll be having, hearing more from you in the, the near future. But uh, best of luck with the Kickstarter. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, again, uh, what, are the, what are the dates for that? 15th of September, which is a Sunday, uh, 5 p.m. BST. And it runs to the 29th of September, uh, 8, 8 p.m. BST. It'll close. Yep. And fulfilling hopefully by the end of the year. Yeah. I, I, I'm very keen to uh to get it all out before the end of the year that's the plan that's great i'm gonna i'm gonna spend christmas watching the lion in winter and assembling nights <laughs> the brush builders union is a community of like-minded miniatures gamers dedicated to playing their games fully painted and supporting one another in their craft brush builders union is here to help you stay on track with tools and a community of fellow painters to encourage you in your journey take the union pledge and learn more at brushbuildersunion.com